Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Let's turn to 1 John 5 and verse 4. And we're going to continue this series about faith that overcomes. Faith that overcomes. So today we're going to go to our theme passage. It's 1 John 5 and verse 4. And I love it. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. I love that. It says, this is the victory. How how many would like victory in their life? I don't think anybody's raising their hand and saying, I would love to be a loser the rest of my life. I'd love to be defeated. I would love to have the enemy walk all over my life. No, we all want victory, and we all want overcoming. Here's the good news. For whatever is born of God, you got that part down right if you're born again, overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith. So if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is, What? faith is. What faith is. Now, last week I talked about why you need faith. This week I'm going to talk about what is faith. And last week, just to do a quick recap, we talked about why faith is so important. First of all, we said because faith is a lifestyle. God lives by faith and his children should live by faith. The Bible says the just or the righteous, which that's us, shall live by faith. We shall walk by faith. We shall move by faith. We should treat our kids by faith. We should go to work by faith. We should come to church by faith. We should read our Bible by faith. We should do our checkbook by faith. We should go to the doctor by faith. Everything we do should be done by faith. And so why is faith important? Well, faith should be our lifestyle because the just shall live by faith. We, we talked about also why faith, because faith pleases God. It's impossible to please God without faith. Faith pleases God. Also, faith will make you whole. There's a connection between your faith and the promises of God. That's how we receive everything from God, our faith. And the Bible is very clear. So many times in the gospel, Jesus would say, your faith has made you whole. Notice he didn't say my faith, it's your faith In his power. His power, but your faith. And that's the disconnect in a lot of believers today's life. They believe God has power. God can do it. Everybody believes God can do it. Sounds spiritual to say that. God God can heal. God can deliver. God does miracles. But you don't believe he could do it for you. So you ain't got no faith. Because faith is not believing God can do something. Faith is believing God will do it for you. That's faith. And we need to understand your faith in God's power and God's promises will make you whole. If he did it for them, he will do it for you. God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. And lastly, we said faith is the victory that overcomes the world. That's how we receive the victory that Jesus won for us at the cross. We put our faith in what he has done, and we receive his victory by faith. 
When we were talking about this last week, I quoted a verse to you in Thessalonians, and I just want to repeat it again. I said that I was going to go a different direction on what I was going to preach on next. We just got done talking about the Holy Spirit for about five weeks. And I love talking about the Holy Spirit. I could have went a lot longer because the Holy Spirit is so important to the life of a believer. But I felt like that God said, I want you to preach about faith because they need strengthened in their faith as a church family right now. There's a lot of different people in here having a lot of different issues. Some physical, some mental, some financial, whatever it may be. And your answer is faith. And we know the only way you're going to have faith to get over those things and to overcome those things and to have victory in those things is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So unless I preach about faith, you will not have faith to believe God to overcome and have victory. That's why it's so important. Never get tired of hearing about faith. Never get exhausted hearing about faith. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you just heard faith, you don't have it anymore. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why it's so important you come to church every week. That's so important why you listen to podcasts. That's so important why you read your Bible consistently. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when you stop hearing, you stop having faith. (laughs) So that's why it's so critical you're at every service you can be at. That's why it's so important you listen to podcasts. That's so important why you get into the word of God and read it. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And many people that say they're weak in faith, it's only because you stopped listening. You stopped hearing. That's why your faith seems weak because you've stopped listening to God's word. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But God gave me this verse in Thessalonians. Paul said, I'm going to send you Timothy, who was a pastor, and he's going to strengthen and encourage your faith. Now, I am a pastor. That's the gift I have. I am a pastor. And I'm believing, just like Timothy was sent to this church, I'm a pastor sent to this church. And the words I'm going to speak in this series is going to strengthen and encourage your faith. Because I feel strongly there's a lot of people that are struggling in their faith. They're feeling weak in their faith. They're feeling tired in their faith. And the gift of the pastor speaking God's word is going to strengthen and encourage your faith if you'll receive it and expect it to happen. I already know some things happened last week by just the first message of the series. There's some people that got some answers in here last week. There were some people that got some things that they needed to hear last week. And that was just the start. But why are we going to continue to talk about faith? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Never get tired of hearing faith. You want to be strong in faith? You're going to have to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it. There's one thing I learned from dad. Long time ago, when I was a little kid, I would always hear tapes playing in the other room all the time. Brother Hagen, Dr. Summerall, T.L. Osborne, John Osteen, 
every night, every night, every night, every night. You know, when I got a little older, I play something in my truck all the time. If you're at the house when I'm going to sleep, I listen to the word of God all the time. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I don't want to let my faith ever get weak. So I don't stop listening. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you want strong faith, you're going to have to listen and listen and listen and listen, and the more it gets in you, the more you believe it, the more it's established in you, your faith gets stronger. You can believe God for more than you used to because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we're going to talk about what is faith. Well, there's a good place to start. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1. 1. This is kind of the faith verse. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So we see here, we're talking about faith. What is faith? Well, I want to get into some of the words in the original language because I feel like that's going to really help us define what faith is and what it's not. Because there's a lot in languages that you look at that bring way more meaning than the English language does. Hebrew and Greek are way more advanced than English. You got to understand that. We think we're so modern because we live in America in 2021. Like, we are so more intelligent than ancient people. We're not. We got smartphones, but languages were far more advanced, especially the Greek language and the Hebrew language, compared to English. So if you dive into the original languages, it brings much more meaning than the way they could even translate it in English. So that's why it's so important. So we're going to look at some different translations and some different languages here. So let's put Hebrews 11.1 up here again. Now we're going to teach, and then I'm going to preach. Deal? You're with me. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So this word faith, this is what faith means in the original language. Real simple, it means to believe in, to trust, and to have confidence in. Faith means to believe in, to trust, and to have confidence in. So we could say today, the first thing I want to talk about is faith is confidence. Faith is confidence. And, and look at this in the NIV, I believe, if we have it. Now faith is confidence and what we hope for, and the assurance about what we do not see. So you see, some translators picked up that theme from the original language, and the NIV says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. So the first thing I want to share about faith, what faith is and what it's not, faith is confidence. Faith is confidence. Now, faith is not, it might happen. Faith is not, I hope so. And I, I wish, I wish it would happen. And, and God, I'm kind of believing you, but I'm kind of doubting. That's not faith. Now, I'm not putting you down if you're there. I'm just saying you need to hear some more before you're going to get into faith. 
You need to read some more before you get in faith. Maybe you're there right now, but it's not faith. If it's, it might happen, it maybe will happen, I'm wishing, I'm hoping, I'm praying it will happen. No, faith is confidence. Confidence means that you know it's going to happen. Faith is being absolutely certain it will happen. That's confidence. And that's what the original languages say, that faith, one of the means is confidence. Faith is confidence. Now, a lot of faith people are accused of this because some people take their confidence as arrogance. But here's the difference. Confidence is believing in God. Arrogance is believing in you. (laughs) Big difference. Because sometimes faith people will talk bold and loud and like, God's going to do this and this is going to happen. And people are like, these faith people are super arrogant right now. No, no, they're not if they're talking about God. That's confidence. If you're believing in yourself, that's arrogance. And the Bible says we don't need to have faith in ourselves, we need to have faith in God. And true faith in God is confident. Not this false humility that a lot of Christians try to act like they are. Well, I don't know. Whatever the Lord's will will be. That's not faith. You're just trying to act that way so you appear humble to other people. No, faith is I know God's going to heal me. Faith is, no, I know I'm going to get on the other side of this. No, faith is, I believe that the healing power of God's working in me, and I'm going to get victory over this. Faith is, no, our church is going to be a region-changing church, and we're not going to have anything less than God's best. That's faith, not, I hope God does something. I wish he would do something. It might happen. Majority of Christians talk like that, and they wonder why they get nothing, because that's not faith. Faith is confidence in God. Faith is confidence in his word. Faith is confidence in his promises. Not confidence in yourself. That's arrogance. Confidence in God. And now let me say something that's going to step on some of your toes. This idea, which is promoted so much in our culture because our culture is consumed with self. It's all about me. My truth, my feelings, my self-care, my life. And we have focused in on ourselves, And we wonder why we have the issues we do. Because self is not the answer. Self is the problem, not the answer. So if you're looking to you to save you, to heal you, to deliver you, to set you free, to pay your bills. No wonder you're anxious and depressed because you cannot help you. You cannot save you. You cannot do it. That is the point. Faith is confidence in God, not in yourself. In yourself is arrogance, and sooner or later you'll find out that your strength runs out, and your money runs out, and your intellect runs out, and you're left being depressed and anxious, not knowing what to do, because you can't trust yourself. I'm going to preach whether they want me to or not today. You believe the lie. 
Don't believe in yourself. Now, don't put yourself down. That's not the answer either. But don't believe in yourself. Believe in God. Everybody's like, you just need to believe in yourself. No, you need to believe in God. And believe that God, through you, will do something great in your life. But don't believe in yourself. Believe in him. Well, if you just believe in yourself, all your dreams will come true. No, they won't. If you just believe yourself, you'll be a star NBA athlete. No, they won't. I tried it. It didn't work. If you just believe in yourself, it's all rainbow sprinkles and butterfly kittens, and you'll get a free trip to Disney. No, you won't. Believing in yourself ends in despair. It ends in discouragement. It ends in depression because you find out you can't save you. And you can't help you. And when we're talking about faith, I want this to be very clear. We're not talking about faith in yourself. We're talking about faith in God. Faith is confidence in God. It's funny to me, I've heard many people say this. Well, I just need to go find myself. You're your problem. You are your problem. When you find yourself, you'll realize you still have the same problems because you're your problem. I just need to find myself. I'm not really into church right now. I just need to find myself. Lies. It's lies from the enemy. Because when you find yourself, you'll find that you can't do it. I just need to find myself right now. I can't really be a part of church community right now. I don't. I just need to find myself. I need to sow my wild oats and do my thing. It's, it's cool. I need to find myself. Find who I really am. Find my inner child. I'm saying this for a reason because these are all issues that are constantly talked about in our culture today. You are your own problem. I and my own problem. Apart from God, I mess up my life. Apart from God, I can do nothing. I can't heal myself. I can't save myself. I can't be a good pastor. I can't be a good leader. I can't be a good dad. can't be a good friend. cannot do anything without God. So if I'm just trying to do it in myself, I'm going to get nowhere. And I'm trying to be a good pastor and pastor you this morning. You can't either. Can I just bypass the wilderness years you'll have to go through and then come back? Listen to what I'm saying. You cannot help you. Faith is confidence in God. Now, arrogance is confidence in yourself. But faith is confidence and belief in God. I think that's so important. And let me read a few things to you. True Bible faith is not blind optimism or manufactured hope so feeling. Neither is it an intellectual assent to a doctrine. True Bible faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances. This faith operates quite simply. God speaks and we hear his word. We trust his word and act on it no matter what the circumstances are. The circumstances may be impossible and the consequences frightening and unknown. But when we obey God's word just the same, we believe he will do what is right. The unsaved world does not understand true Bible faith. 
because it usually sees no such faith in action in the church. The world fails to realize this faith is only possible because it's as good as its object. The object of our faith is not ourselves, it is God. And faith is not some feeling we manufacture, it is our total response to what God has revealed in his word. The next thing I want to talk about, and we could pull this verse up again in the Amplified Classic, Hebrews 11.1. says, now faith is the assurance. Now faith is the assurance. So we talked about now faith is confidence. It's confidence in God, in his word, in his promises. But faith is assurance. What does assurance mean? Assurance means that you're sure of something. Faith is being sure that the person on the other side of this, you can trust. That they'll keep their word. You know, when they make business deals, a lot of times they say, can I be assured that you're going to do what we committed to do? And they shake hands on it. Can I be assured? Because they want some assurance. That they can trust this person. And it says faith is assurance. It's being sure of. Once again, what does that word imply? That's not maybe. That's not, it might happen, it might not happen. Faith is assurance. Being sure. I know that God is true. I know that his word is true. Faith is being sure of. Once again, faith isn't believing God can do something, but it's assurance knowing that God will do it for me. Faith is assurance. Now let's go back to Hebrews 11.1 in the New King James. I know we're jumping around, but I want to give you different definitions of it. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is confidence in God, And faith is assurance. You're sure of him. You trust him. You're sure of his character and his faithfulness and his trustworthiness in his word. But notice in the New King James, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for. This word substance means to stand under and support. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Now, you're not where I'm at yet in my heart, but you go get there. Faith means to stand under and support. So when people say, I'm standing on the word of God, they ain't lying. Because the word faith is the substance. Substance means that you can stand on this and it will support you. (laughs) You can stand on this and it's going to hold you up. It will hold your weight. It will hold your life. It will hold your kids. It will hold your body. It will hold your future. It will hold your calling. It will hold your mental health. It will hold everything about you. Why? Because faith is the substance. It means to stand under and support. So I'm not stepping out onto nothing. I'm stepping out onto his promises and his word. And it's able to support me and handle the weight of my life. Faith is a substance. It's to stand under and support. So when you say, I'm standing on the word, it will support you. 
or you've heard old time saints say, I'm standing on the promises of God. That's a scriptural thing. Because you're not standing on what you can see. You're not standing on what you can feel. But you are standing on something, and it's not nothing. It's faith. And that faith is a substance. It can support you and hold up the weight of your life. But you know what this reminded me of? Indiana Jones. I love Harrison Ford. Anything Harrison Ford does, I love it. In Star Wars, in Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford is just a great actor. But in Harrison Ford, in The Last Crusade, he's searching for, I believe it was the cup that Jesus drank drank out of at the Last Supper. He's searching for it, and he has to pass all these these tests to get to the the place where the, the chalice is. And if you ever watch the movie, he has to pass these things, and the first thing is the name of God. And he puts his foot on one, and then he spells it wrong, and he realizes it's in Hebrew, and he's spelling Jehovah. And he's stepping out, and he's doing this. And then the next thing is it's called the leap of faith. Because he's standing on this side, but then there's a big, huge drop-off hundreds of feet down where he cannot jump from one side to the other to get to where he needed to go to find the chalice of the Lord. But he read through the book, and the book said, you're going to have to take a leap of faith if you're going to get to the other side. And you see it, there's nothing there. And Harrison Ford in the movie, he's not necessarily a believer. He's, he doesn't know what he believes. And you see him, he closes his eyes. Anybody seen this movie? And he goes like this. He puts his leg out, not knowing. And when his foot hits the ground... There was nothing there before he stepped out. But when he stepped out by faith, then his foot found something that could support him. And as soon as his foot hit the ground, the whole path and bridge across to the other side appeared. That's what faith is. But you don't know it will support you until you step out on it. That's why most Christians don't leap. That's why most Christians don't walk. That's why most Christians don't step out because they want to see the path and the bridge before they step out. But it will not support you until you take the step of faith. But when you take the step of faith, the word is true. The word substance means it is something you can step out on and it will support you. Faith is the substance. But notice, it did not support him until he stepped out on it. That's why we can't just teach about faith. You have to live faith to figure this out. We could teach hundreds and hundreds of hours on faith and tell you what to do, but until you do it, you won't know. Until you step out in faith, you won't know. And it only will support you until you step out on it. Faith is a substance. No, the substance means to stand under and support. So I'm not stepping out on nothing. I'm stepping out on his promises. I'm stepping out on his word. I'm stepping out on my faith 
And that faith has enough substance in it to support me and to come under and hold my life. Are you receiving that this morning? I love this. It says, the word translated substance means to stand under and support. Faith is to a Christian what a foundation is to a house. It gives confidence and assurance that it will stand. So you might say that faith is the confidence of things hoped for. When a believer has faith, it is God's way of giving him confidence and assurance that what is promised will be experienced. You guys getting something so far today? I'm getting to the best part. So, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, we decided that it says that faith is confidence, faith is assurance, faith is something that you can stand on, that it will support you. Well, how can you be confident and assured and certain of something that you cannot see? How can you want to step out on something and stand on something if you can't see it or feel it? I got an answer for you today. How can we do this if God says the faith is confident and assured and we can step out on it? Brother Hagin said it like this. We can be confident and assured and step out on it because faith begins where the will of God is known. And when we know it's God's will, we can have confidence in it. When we know it's God's will, we can have assurance in it. When we know it's God's will, we can stand out on it and it can support us. But we have to know it's God's will. So how, how can we have this confidence and faith and assurance if we can't see it or we can't feel it? Well, we have to know it's God's will. But how do we know what God's will is? God's will is revealed in his word. God did not leave this up to chance. He said, you want to know my will? Here's my word. And if you have my word, you have my will. So how can we have confidence, assurance, and step out on something we can't see? We know God's will. How do we know God's will? We know God's word. And when we can find it in here, we can be confident. We can be assured. We can put it down and step out on it, and it can support us. Because God's word is God's will. Now, it's interesting to note, oh, we're just getting into the good stuff, that the Bible uses legal terms. To describe the Old Testament and the New Testament. Testament means last will and testament. We want to know God's will. He wrote it down. He literally called it a testament. Y'all didn't catch this? This is my last will and testament. And the promises do not go into effect until someone dies. In our case, Jesus died, enacted it, and then he rose again. And he left us his last will and testament. Old Testament, New Testament. If we want to know God's will, 
we go to God's word. We can say old will and new will. Old Testament and New Testament. If we want to know God's will, we have to know God's word. But notice it's a legal term. The will in the Testament means this. When you get that, if someone passed away that you knew, maybe a family member or a friend, it is the record left to the family on what belongs to them and their inheritance. That's what this will is right here. Old Testament, New Testament, God's written will is God's word. That's why we can have confidence. That's why we can have assurance. That's why we can trust it to stand on it and us support because God's will we know. And faith begins where the will of God is known. But how do we know God's will? It's in God's word. So important. But there's another legal term that comes up in these verses in the Amplified. It's interesting. Hebrews 11.1, 1, the Amplified Classic. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being proof of things we do not see and their conviction of their reality. Notice, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we Hope for. Are you still following me today? So we can have confidence because we know God's will. Because we know God's word. What's a will? What's a testament? It is the record left to the family. That's us. On what belongs to us in our inheritance. But there's another term in here. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. I could take a lap around here. I'm going to try to hold it in. Another legal term. So, the title deed is the next step of the will. The title deed is what you get after you find out what's in the will, it does not legally belong to you until you get the title deed. And it says faith is the way that we receive what's in the will, we get the title deed. And when we get the title deed, we have it. Here's some of the definitions of a title deed. A title deed is the legal right to own something. And it is the document that tells you that right. Right here. I love this. So let me just say this. Um, Brother Joe, I love you. Let's just pretend for a minute. This is the title deed for a new Ford Raptor and a a 10-bedroom mansion in the knobs. Ms. Liz likes this part. And a lake out back that you could go fishing in anytime you want. I'm giving you the title deed of this. Now, hold on to that for me. Now, if Brother Joe really believed what I just said, he would be taking a lap around this place. But he realized I handed him the announcements and not a title deed. 
But if I really handed that to him, Brother Joe would probably take a lap and Miss Liz would pass out. Why? Because that piece of paper says they have it before they have it. And Brother Joe, after service, would be calling everybody saying, do you know I have a brand new Ford Raptor and I have a new tent bedroom mansion in the knobs and I have a new fishing pond and he'd be calling his relatives and he'd be calling his friends and he'd be having, I mean, they'd be eating good today wherever they went. They'd probably go to the nicest restaurant in town. They'd be telling everybody, I just got this. Brother Joe's never seen that place. Brother Joe has never felt that place. Brother Joe has never been at that location to see the truck or the pond or the house. But because Brother Joe trusts me. And he trusts the document I gave him that has the title deed. He knows he has it before he has it. I'll run if you don't. Now, does Brother Joe have it? <laughs> but he hasn't seen it. He hasn't felt it. And people say, faith, people are weird. No, they're not. You do it in every other part of your life. You just don't trust God. If any of you had that title deed in here and I said the same thing to you, you would be excited. You have not seen it. You have not touched it. But because you trust me and you have a legal document that says it's yours, you believe it. How many of you change your plans just because you listen to the weatherman? And usually they're wrong. But you still trust them and you still change your plans. You were going to play golf tomorrow, but now you changed your plans to something indoor. You put a change of clothes that was different than your shorts. You put an umbrella by the door because you have more faith in the weatherman and you have not even seen the weather yet. But then your same friends will say, You faith people are weird. You Christians are weird. No, you got faith in a lot of stuff, just not God. And you're actively believing and stepping out on things you can't see. Whether that's the weather report or your bank account or a title deed. How much more God can be trusted? Are you getting something this morning? It's the title Deed, the legal right to own something in that document that tells you you have that right. I love that. And there's two things. Let me repeat those two things again that happens why Brother Joe believes me. He believes me because he knows me so he can trust me. But even that, most of us would say, yeah, I believe you, but where's the deed? Come on. All of us in here would say, if you were giving that kind of stuff to somebody, you're like, I appreciate your heart, but where's the evidence? Where's the document? And God said, I will do the same thing for you you would expect from somebody else. Not only do you trust me, but I'm going to give you the legal document, the title deed that tells you everything that belongs to you. It's my word. 
So I can trust him because I know him, but I also can trust him because legally he gave me a document that tells me my rights and my privileges and my inheritance and what belongs to me. It says it's your title deed. The word has to be enough for you. Hear me this morning. The word has to be enough for you. If you have the word, you have it. If you have the word, you have everything you need. So when you see something in the word of God and it says it's yours and you don't feel like it is and you don't see it, this has to be enough for you. When your body doesn't feel it, this has to be enough for you. When your mind doesn't feel it, this has to be enough for you. When your relationships don't show it, this has to be enough for you. Let's look at a verse here, 1 John 5 and verse 14. It says, now this is the what? Is the what? It's the confidence because that's faith. That we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So it says, when we ask God things knowing his will, we can pray in confidence and faith. And if we know that he hears it, we know that we have it. We have it. How do we have it? Because we got the title D. We have it. Now, it will show up whether it shows up right then or later. We know we have it. And it belongs to us because we have the title deed. Let's look at Hebrews 11.1 again, the Amplified. It says, now faith is assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and their conviction of their reality. Notice this, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Here's another side of what faith is and what it isn't. If we're going to walk in faith, it says we cannot be led by our senses. We cannot be led by our feelings, because they will lie to you. And if you're waiting to feel like believing God, you never will. (laughs) If you're waiting to believe God when you feel better, you never will. If you're waiting for your bank account to change, and then I'll believe God, you never will. Because faith is not in the senses Pastor Nancy says this, the only way to have great faith is to be unmoved by your feelings. F.F. Bosworth, who wrote Christ the Healer, says, faith means that we have left the sense realm. If you want to be a person of faith, you cannot be led by your feelings and your senses. That's where it gets all of us, guys. Let's just be real. Because when we don't feel good, we're like, ah, God, I was believing you, but I don't know about it now. 
But I just got laid off and I was bleeding for prosperity. I don't know if I believe you now. My kid's acting up again and I was believing and it didn't, it, it, it doesn't feel like it's working. It doesn't sense. I can't see it. I can't feel it. I can't hear it. That it's working. But faith is not in the senses and it's not in your feelings. Faith is in the unseen realm. And faith is in God's word. So I'm going to tell you today, if you're going to stay in your senses and your feelings, you're never going to be a person of faith. God gave you feelings, but not to run your life. God gave you your senses to experience this wonderful life, but not to dictate your life and your faith on what God can do. Because the enemy has a great ability to make you feel certain things or sense certain things. That's where he often attacks us the most because he can get us out of faith. Don't check your body to see if you're healed. Check your faith. Don't check your bank account to see if you're prosperous. Check your faith. Don't check any of the natural senses and feelings to wonder if you're believing God or not. Believing God has to do between you and him and his word. I'm just telling you this morning, every time you step out in faith, I will promise you this. You're going to have feelings and senses that say the opposite of what you're believing for. Everything. So if you're not ready for that, then don't step out in faith. Because it's going to fight you. Because the enemy, once again, he doesn't want us to have our faith because he doesn't want us to see our victory. He doesn't want us to overcome. He doesn't want to see our lives made whole. So he will give us the opposite feelings that it's working. But you have to know that you're in faith. Why? Because you trust him. You're confident. You're assured. You can stand out on this. Why? Because I know God's will, and I know God's word, and I have the title deed. I got it. And I believe this more than what I feel, more than what I sense. And I'm going to go a step further and say, in the times you're closest to a great victory, you're going to feel more pressure and opposition than you would even in a normal setting. Why? Because the enemy wants you to give up your faith. Here's another verse about faith and feeling. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. We're going to close here. For we walk by faith and not by sight. And what's sight? That's a sense. We walk by faith. Notice, we don't walk by what we can see. We don't walk by what we can feel. We don't walk by what we can hear. We walk by faith. Now, here's the other side of faith. If we really believe it and we're really in faith, we will see it. And we will feel it. And we will touch it eventually. But when we first step out in faith, we can't see it. We can't feel it. But the reward of our faith is one day we will. But we have to make the decision right here and right now. We walk by faith and not by sight. I choose to walk by faith and not by sight. I choose in my body right now to walk by faith and not by sight. I choose by faith right now to walk by faith and not by what I feel in my mind. I choose by faith to walk by faith and not by sight 
in every situation of my life. Because faith is not in your senses. It's not in your feelings. Look at the passion, what it says in that verse. For we live by faith, not but what we see with our eyes. We live by faith. We live by faith. We're going to close here, but I want to give you an example of this in God's word. I was thinking, what is a great example in the Bible that has everything I said today about faith in one story? And I was thinking about this because there's a lot of great heroes of faith in the Bible. And I said, God, give me the right person I should talk about today. And he gave me Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. And I am one of them, so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left foot, right foot, left stomp. Take a seat, sit down. Okay. Abraham. The Bible says that Abraham is the father of our faith. Bible's very clear about that. Abraham is the father of our faith. So how could I wrap up everything I said today from faith is confidence, faith is assurance, faith is stepping out on something that can support you, faith is knowing God's will because we know God's word, faith is having the title deed, faith is not living by your senses or your feelings. I got a man for you. Same Abraham. Now, Abraham had many examples of faith in his life, but there's one main example of faith in Abraham's life. Let me give you the backstory of this. Abraham didn't know God, wasn't raised in a house that knew God, but God told Abraham, I called you, I've anointed you, I want to have a covenant with you, I want to start a new thing together, me and you. You're going to be my friend. You're going to be my covenant partner because I want to give you a family. And through your family, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Now, Abraham at the time, him and Sarah could not have children. So you realize how different that would be that God would say, I'm going to give you a family. And he says, I can't have a family. But God said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And in your family, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And we still are. Thousands of years later, God's word is true. And through Israel, and through the line of Israel and Abraham came Jesus. And in Jesus, all the nations of the earth are blessed today. God didn't lie. But God had to find somebody who actually believed him, trusted him, had faith. You know, if Abraham said no, God would have said, okay, I'll find somebody else. Didn't have to be Abraham. So this is what happened. God said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. His name was Abram. But God said, I'm going to call you Abraham from here on out. Because Abraham means father of many nations. But do you realize how embarrassing that probably was when Abraham first started introducing himself? A man who has known that he cannot have children. 
A man that does, ha- does not have a family, he just has a wife, he has no kids, keeps going around and introducing himself as I am a father of many nations. But God said, I'm going to change your name because that's who you were, Abram, but you are now Abraham. And you have to believe it for you to become a father of many nations. Stay with me. I'm I'm closing. And so every time he said his name, he was confessing and speaking those words over his life. I'm a father of many nations. It doesn't look like I'm a father of many nations, but I am a father of many nations. It does not feel like I'm a father of many nations, but I am a father of many nations. And it says in the Bible, it took him 25 years to really believe it. 25 years. And if you study the story, you realize that and this is a whole other message. I ain't going to preach this. He got tired of waiting on God. And he tried to do it himself. And that did not work out right. The reason we still have wars in the Middle East is because Abraham got impatient with God's promise and tried to sleep with somebody else to make a baby so he could fulfill the promise. And that was not God's way of doing it. Now, that's a whole other message. We'll preach at it another time. That's what happens when you get impatient and try to do it yourself. You get into a lot of trouble. But the Bible says it's by faith and patience you inherit the promises of God. It took him 25 years, I think, to believe it. And as soon as he believed it, him and Sarah had a baby in their late 90s and 100. But he's the father of our faith. And I love it in Romans. We're going to read this. It tells the story of what happened, and it has all these things in it. Romans 4 and 16, and we're going to take it slow here. You guys get some today. So the promise is received by, by what? By faith. All the promises of God are received by faith. It is given as a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's, for, all, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you a father of many nations. Let's stop right there. God told him. What's that? That's God's will. Now, how did he know God's will? Because God told him that's God's word. This happened because Abraham believed in God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Sounds like some confidence to me. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping believing he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. He's quoting God's will again. Verse 19, and Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Now before we read this, what was that? 
Abraham decided to not live by his feelings. Abraham decided to not live by his senses because his senses and feelings said, we're old, really old. We couldn't have kids when we were younger. We're definitely not having kids in the old folks' home. But notice Abraham didn't look at that, did he? He didn't look how he felt. He didn't look at his senses. He said, Abraham didn't count it that him and Sarah were older or they had never had children. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. I love this because we all know Abraham did waver. But God's so good, he forgave Abraham, and he still gave him a good report in the Bible. He said, I'm not going to even count that mistake against you. We're just going to act like you were a man of faith this whole 25 years. (laughs) Thank the Lord for his mercy and forgiveness for us. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced. Sounds like confidence. Sounds like assurance to step out on something that will support you. That God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. Come on, isn't that good? If it was true for him, it's true for us. Abraham is the father of our faith. I love that. Abraham was confident in God. Abraham had assurance in God. He stepped out on something that could support him. He didn't check his senses or his feelings or even his wife's to see if God's promises were true. And he was absolutely certain that what God said he would do. Because he knew it was true because he had God's word on it. He knew God's will. And notice, even though it took some time, God still came through. By faith and patience, you inherit the promises of God. And I just want to encourage you as we go today. I know some of you in here have been believing God for something for a long time. It's not over. It's not over. Sometimes it does take time for certain things to happen. It took Abraham 25 years. But God's word is still true. I'm going to tell you, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't let go of your faith. Don't let down on your faith. Keep your confidence. Keep your assurance. Stay in God's word. Maybe if you let it drift, go back over what God has spoken to you. Go back over his will because you have his word. And remind yourself of what belongs to you. But don't give up. It could take some time. But I feel that strong. I know there's several people in here that maybe you feel a little discouraged about it. Look at Abraham. He got it, though. It took him a little time, but he got it, though. It took him 25 years. I don't think it will take you guys that long, but don't give up. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Did you guys get something today? Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.